0: I am so excited to announce that tickets are now on sale for the Social Media Manager Summit. This is going to be an incredible four day long event featuring over eight trainings. We've got 10 guest speakers, myself included, and we've got a pop-up Facebook community. There's gonna be a huge wide variety of topics covered including how to book more clients, how to market yourself on socials, mindset, selling, writing killer captions for socials, how to create really strong brand, As well as some really high-value roundtable Q and A's with a group of amazing, established, and successful social media managers that I know, and I'm very excited to give you guys a little bit of a preview, a little bit of a sneak peek, and bring on one of those very special social media managers today. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to be interviewing the amazing Maeve. We had the most amazing chat about booking clients, her sort of story, how she got started with no experience, how she booked her first clients, how she used social media to really organically bring in more clients to her business. We also discussed some of the biggest challenges for her, how to get over, you know, the fear of what other people think and start posting on social. So many good deep chats in this conversation. And I'm really excited to share this interview with you. Make sure you bring a pen and paper. There's lots to soak up. And as As I mentioned, if you want to come along, if you want to hear more from Maeve, from more from the 10 other amazing social media managers at the summit, I'm going to pop the link down below in today's show notes for where you can purchase a ticket. It all kicks off on August 29th. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, for those in the Northern Hemisphere, it will be August 28th, and I cannot wait to see you there. But for now, let's jump into today's interview with Maeve. So Maeve, let's start with where it all began. Can you sort of talk us through your journey and how you got to being a social media manager today?
1: Yes. So, well, I study at uni, so I'm running my business and starting uni, and I study a bachelor of marketing communications and I knew I always wanted to own my own business, but I kind of thought that, like I had to wait till I graduated uni to kind of do that. And it kind of all just happened. I did Pilates with this lady for years and she posted on her Facebook that um, she was really struggling with social media and just said like, Oh, can anybody help me out? And I was like, Oh, that sounds really interesting. And I just messaged her and I said, Hey, I would love to help you out. I'd love to like have a call about this. And I think it was good because I already knew her and it wasn't as kind of nerve wracking, I guess. So I'm grateful that I didn't have to kind of pitch for my first client. Um, And I just started it as a side hustle alongside my main job and just kind of kept it really small, um, kind of testing the waters to see if I actually liked it. And I just really enjoyed kind of the creativity of it and it fit really well in with my degree. And I just kind of grew from there. And that's how I was like, yeah, I want to make this an actual business, not just my side hustle. Mm."
0: And what was sort of the timeline of that? Like, how long did it take you to get started? How long were you side hustling? When did you make that transition into full-time business owner?
1: Yes. So I think it was September of 2021. I took on um, this Pilates client as like my first client. And I was working, I think, four or five days a week and studying full-time. So it was very hectic, but I was really enjoying it. And then I was kind of like, oh, if I want to grow this, um, I've kind of got to make some changes. So I, I cut down my day job a little bit, and it kind of took me, I think maybe, maybe six months or so after booking that first client, I was like, no, now I want to book some more clients. Like I want to build this up, and so I side hustled all of 2022. And it was getting to the point where I was, like, super busy. I was working at, like, evenings, getting up at, like, 5 a.m. and doing work before working all day. And I was just getting so tired and, like, you've got, like, extracurricular stuff, like, you've got things with friends and family. And I was, like, I'm mm-hmm. spreading myself so thin. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but I quit my day job in February of this year. So I've been doing it full-time for myself for about six six months. So, yeah. I think it was kind of like you see a lot of people like it's really quick and they quit really quickly but mine was kind of like a slow build and I think I liked it like that because it kind of gave me time to test the water to see like do I really like this do I want to take it full time and yeah it just kind of gave me the opportunity to slowly build I guess and it was just a natural progression of me then quitting my job. I love
0: yeah. that. That's such a great reminder for so many people listening as well, because you do get flooded with these stories online around like, quit your job in four weeks, or like, I hit a 10 K month in 10 days or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And for 99% of us, you know, my story is similar. It was almost a year of side hustling and doing that mm-hmm. juggle. For the majority of, of us, it is a slow process. The slow and steady yeah. wins the race.
1: Classic quote. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: And one of the things I love that you mentioned about your journey was getting started with someone you knew, kind of taking advantage Mm. of that personal connection. Because I think a lot of people don't realize how many people within their social circles, you know, a cafe they go to, or in your case, a Pilates class, how many people there are who need a social media manager. And it's a really great, easy step in. What have been Mm. your other strategies for growing and
1: booking more clients in your business? Um, definitely. Like, I think, like you said, everybody gets kind of clients differently. Everyone has a different journey of how long it takes, but I don't think, I think I've got maybe one client, like a short term client through email pitching and all the rest have been organic, like through my social media account and my second client, I booked them when I I had probably like less than a hundred followers and I was really shocked that they found my account and they're like, hey, I would love for you to be my social media manager. Can we have a call? And I worked with them for like over a year. And so I think definitely, I think everyone either hate to hear it or you love to hear it, but posting consistently on your page, (laughs) I feel like it's all drilled into us, but it's how you get out there. And it is like, it can be disheartening sometimes posting for weeks and you don't get any leads. And then sometimes the other months like I had one month and I had so many people inquire with me and I was like, it just came out of nowhere. But if you don't kind of have that foundation of posting consistently and someone comes in your page and you've got like one post, they're going kind to of go, Oh, well, they're not really established. And I think like just testing the waters with what content you're posting and what you like to post and what you kind of find gets traction and also engagement. And I think, engagement kind of without the expectation of like getting a client like obviously you want clients but I think building a community and if you're actually engaging like being genuine I guess not just doing like I want to engage and get a sale out of this person like great if you do but I think people can see right through that if it's just all about the sales and like one of my really long-term clients I commented on her post um, she's a florist, and somebody that took a photo was my wedding photographer. And I was like, oh, I love this photo. This photographer like photographed my wedding, and she messaged me. And she's like, Oh my goodness, you commented on my photo, and I'd been looking for a social media manager. I'd love to book you. And I was like, I didn't even expect a sale out of that comment. And I think it's yeah, Instagram especially is about community, and you just never know, kind of who you're gonna bump into in the online
0: world Mm. what I really picked up from your story there is it can actually be quite simple right we overcomplicate these things we overthink it in our minds and we're like there's no clients for me this is so hard how is anyone ever going to find me I was on a webinar the other week and literally the question I kept getting was but if I don't have a following myself I don't have 10,000 followers who is going to book me and mm. I was trying to explain to them, like, stories like you. There's so many people in the Dishing Up Digital School that have, you know, 100 followers or no followers. They don't even have a social presence in their booking class. Yeah. And I'm like, you just don't need that. And and it's such no. a difficult thing for people to grasp. They're like, but it, it, they're almost hanging on onto it as like a, piece of proof or evidence that that they mm. need and they can't succeed without it. So I love hearing that, you know, 100, 150 followers, you can still be booking clients through Instagram. What do you think has been some of your most successful content in attracting those clients? Or do you think it's just been a combination of everything? Like you said, having the foundations of lots of content, being consistent, or do you have any specific posts that you're like, yeah, this, this brings in the clients? <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah, I think, obviously, I think you need a range of content. Like, if you're just posting testimonials, people are going to get pretty bored. Like, you're not providing any value, I guess. But I do think, like, the case studies and social proof, those are really valuable posts. And I don't think they should be the only thing you post. But, like, I have like they're kind of the ones that are a bit juicy, like showing like insights and you like add a juicy hook and people are like, oh, wow, like she achieved this for a client. And I think those are really good to like pin to the top of your profile and that's like one of the first things somebody sees when they go onto your page. Um, but yeah, definitely also providing valuable content. Like it doesn't have to be heaps of it, but I think sprinkling in a bit of like behind the scenes, like valuable content. And, like, testimonials is a really good kind of mixture of content to keep your audience engaged, but then also you're positioning yourself as an expert in your field as well.
0: Mm. Amazing. And you just recently went through a rebrand, speaking of your Instagram. Can you talk us through the process maybe of like setting up your account initially when you first started, rebranding? Because I think that's really nice for people to hear because often Mm -hmm. we get so hooked up and what is the name of my business? It has to be perfect before I start. And I think your journey has been really interesting of just getting started, launching with a brand and then just rebranding because you felt like it, because you wanted to later on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, I like I kind of had to set up my business kind of quickly. Like when I first got that client, like I didn't actually have a business and I was like, oh, I actually have to like get registered. So I'm legit and set up a business bank account. Um, and I was like, oh, I have to pick a name. And I was like speaking to my family about it. And I was like, oh, I just need a name. Like I just need to get started. And um, we came up with Poppy Socials and it's the nickname. My dad calls me. And so it had like meaning and I was in it and, I really liked it and we went with it for a while Um, and then I just kind of felt like while I still loved the name I just felt like I kind of outgrew it and I wanted it to be more like my actual name in there and I think especially when Meta Verify came out Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I wanted to rebrand but there was a bit of hesitancy in that because I was like oh I think I might want to change my name in the future. So there was a bit of like, it was in my mind for a while before I kind of even knew like what I wanted to rebrand to. And I think you just, like the name you first choose, it doesn't mean it has to be your name forever. Like as an Australian, it's super easy to change your name online. Like it's like a five minute form, pay for a new name. I just switched over my Instagram account. And I think just to do it well, you just make sure your audience is aware that you're rebranding. And I just kind of made it aware and explained why. But yeah, like it's your business. You can change it. It's not locked in. And that's kind of the beauty of it. You can change it as you grow and it's meant to suit your lifestyle. And if it's not, you can always pivot it and change it. Mm. Mm. That's a powerful
0: message. I know there's some people that really need to hear that right now. (laughs) Like you have the power (laughs) to change it. It's your business. I love that. Yeah. What for you, we've talked about a lot of highs, a lot of the reasons why you chose social media management for that flexibility, for the creativity. What on the flip side have been some of your lows in this journey? What have been some of your biggest challenges that you've had to overcome as a new social media
1: manager? Mm, I think definitely what has probably been the most challenging is um worrying about what other people think of me um like when I first started my business I didn't like I didn't have an Instagram set up I probably went maybe six months with just my one client I didn't have an Instagram I wasn't like putting myself out there and that was purely because I was scared of what people were going to think of me I'm like oh what are like people from school going to think what are my friends going to think and once I don't think you ever get over that hurdle fully. Like you always have like an insecure day and you're like, oh, I don't want to show up. Like I'm going to be so annoying. People are going to think I'm stupid, but there comes, I don't know what point it happened, but I was kind of like, this is really stupid. If this is the only thing that's stopping you from like achieving your dreams and starting this business. Then you just need to get over it. Like at the end of the day, it was all in my head. And if you really need to, put up the post put up the reel and like put your phone away and just like don't look at this for ages because that's what helped me when I first started like doing reels and speaking on stories I just like won't wouldn't look at it again like my husband would play like my story on the couch I'm like no I don't want to hear it like I don't want to hear myself talk and if that's like what it is in the starting bit like as long as you're actually I guess taking steps and you're doing it and you're speaking on stories even though it scares you so much like just look back a few months ago when you didn't even want to take a photo and share it on your stories like its it's a really big journey to switching your mindset and I think that's probably been the thing I've struggled with the most because it is such a big mental battle of oh like I want to grow but what are people going to think of me mm.
0: it's so true I've yeah. struggled with that one as well which I think a lot of people don't realize like people always say to me like, Ellen, you're lying. You're not an introvert. Like you're so confident on social media. Like you're like, no, you don't care what anyone thinks. And I'm like, yeah, I can make it look like that, but I still have feelings. I'm still human. I'm still insecure. And even for me, it still gets me with like old colleagues or people from high school still, which I'm like, Ellen, why why do you care? Like you literally graduated 10 years ago. It's been 10 years. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. don't care yeah. what those people think anymore. But it still bothers me. And I think that's just human. That's normal. And I love your idea of just putting the phone away and also focusing on those bigger dreams as well. Like if it's mm-hmm. just that one thing stopping you from going out and achieving all of these amazing things, then that that is ridiculous. And the one yeah. thing I will say on that is very quickly, you have people from your old life who will come back and be like, I always supported you, or they'll come back and want to work with you or hire you. And it's quite funny how those people <laughs> you were so afraid of judging you, or maybe they were judging you, you know, how quickly they
1: can come back and want to be your friend
0: when, you know, the mm. success starts to roll in. It's very interesting.
1: Yep. And I did, I saw a quote the other day and I was like, wow, that's hits home and it was something like if you won't take advice from that person why are you worrying about what they think and i was like that is so true like why would you worry about what they're thinking if you wouldn't take like genuine advice from them like it doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day
0: That quote is so good. I love that. And even for me recently launching my studio before I announced it to the world and I was working through, you know, contracts and leasing and all of that kind of stuff, the people I told were my close family and friends. I was like, this is the business that I'm starting and telling family in particular was really funny because I was so afraid of what they would think and they'd start questioning things being like how is that going to work how is this going to work and of course it comes from a place of love when it's your family they're you know looking out for you but I started to think oh my gosh is this a terrible idea should I be opening (laughs) the studio panic and I had to remind myself of like a similar version of that quote My family are not my customers. They're not my ideal audience. Mm -hmm. They're my family. So they're not going to get it. And sure enough, when I launched it publicly and my ideal customers, you know, saw the content and started commenting, they were like, this is amazing. This is what I've wanted. OMG, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's funny how we take the opinions of those in these other circles. So, so highly we're like, Oh, if they don't like it, then this is a terrible idea. When it's not it's not their their product it's not not for them and likewise yeah. to what you said if they're not someone you take a, you know advice from why should you listen to their opinions as well
1: mm, yeah definitely
0: and what for you coming back from the negative <laughs> let's go back to the positive what <laughs> for you has been one of your biggest milestones your biggest accomplishments or projects that you've worked on that you're super proud because we know I'm all about celebrating the good (laughs) and Mm. being proud of what we've accomplished.
1: I think um, when I, hitting a 5K month this year, that was probably like, oh my goodness, how did that actually happen? Like just, you know, three months ago, I was still side hustling and then I like took the leap and quit my job. And I think hitting that kind of income milestone it was kind of like a pinch me moment like a year ago I didn't even think like I'd be working for myself full-time like it was always the goal but I was like oh like I see other people do it but it might not happen for me and just realizing that like I did this and I can do it and I can keep going and it is a viable thing for me to do I think that was yeah that was a really cool milestone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so
0: glad yeah. you said that one. I was like hoping it would be the 5K yeah. month. Because <laughs> I remember that was something that I mean, as as your coach, that was something really exciting to witness. Yeah. And mm. one of the the things with you that I always love and I've talked about this actually with other people is how at the beginning of this year you set yourself that co- goal of leaving your your job to go all in on the business and I remember we had a coaching call and we were talking backwards and forth and I was you know giving you advice like hey maybe do some number crunching come up with your expenses come up with the number that you need maybe you know work out a four-week plan and I remember three days later you messaged me like I handed in my notice and I was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! it happened so quickly like it just I think once in my mind I had decided I was like I talked through it with like family and my husband I was like I think I need to do it like we were smart about it like I think definitely if you're in the same boat like deciding whether to quit your job like definitely have like an emergency fund in case like mm. all your clients drop you which is not probably going to happen but just so you're like okay like I can go out and look for clients and I've still got this little kind of nest there but I think once in my brain I was like yep I'm going to do this it just kind of happened and I was like I just have to let my work know right now and it was just kind of a good timing for it to happen as well. Yeah. so
0: good. And I think it also comes down to a lot of the time you can have the conversations, you can talk to family and friends over and over again, you can look at the bank account, you can calculate up your savings, you can mm. do your emergency, you can do all of the practical things, but at the end of the day, you just have to decide, you just have to go for it. And I know a lot of people listening probably have some tough decisions that they want to make. Some of them, it's just starting their, their you know, social mm. media management side hustle. What advice would you give to those people that are on the fence that they want this dream, they're after this dream life, but they're just sitting there a little bit frozen at the moment, a little bit scared to take the leap. What would you say to someone like that? Probably someone who was just like you, you know, a year or two ago.
1: Yep. I kind of, I guess for me and how my brain kind of works is that I thought of the worst case scenario. Like if I quit my job and all my clients drop me, what's the worst case scenario? Like I go and get another job. And I kind of thought about it. I'm like, that's not even like a bad worst case scenario. Like I just go and get another job. And I think once you think of that, usually the worst case scenario, it's actually not that bad. Like you're probably not going to die. It's probably going to be okay. And I think like if you're somebody wanting to start your side hustle, like what's the worst case scenario if you do start it? Like somebody makes fun of you. Like that's not great but then again, if you're going to start your dream business and you're going to scale and start working for yourself, it's water under the bridge kind of thing. And I guess most of it is all in our head as well. Like it was all in my head being scared about quitting or being scared about showing my face. So I think often the mental stuff is the hardest and it's the stuff that holds you back. And usually we do like if you're entrepreneurial minded, you've usually got a plan. You're like, yep, I've got my emergency fund. Yes, I've got this if I want to do this. But it's often the mental stuff that kind of holds us back. So I think you just have to do it. <laughs> it's not, I don't know. It's not, I feel like it's not amazing advice, but I just had to do it. Like I had everything planned and it was just my mind holding me back. And I thought of the worst case scenario, it really wasn't that bad. And I just went for it. Mm. amazing
0: (laughs) and this is exactly why I love bringing people you know other people onto the podcast though because I'm of the same opinion I'm like you just have to do it you just have to take the Mm -hmm. first step but I think sometimes it's hard just listening to me say that over and over again and when we bring in someone like you it's like hey look here's another person that just freaking did it and look at her now like that is really cool and I think that's all people need sometimes is the the mm. motivation, the story that, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too, which I love. Now to wrap up, I wanted to chat briefly about the Dishing Up Digital School. You've of course come through the program and you've been a my mastermind, which has been so amazing watching you grow. And I have to give the program a little bit of a shout out. How has taking the Dishing Up Digital School impacted your life, your business? And would you recommend this to those listening?
1: Yes, it has been game-changing for me and my business. I, I'm i also somebody that is quite wary, like, spending money, like, just even in my normal life. I'm like, hmm, do I really need that? Like, nah, like, I won't get it. So this was, like, a big deal for me to get this course. I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, like, I know I want to do this, but I was kind of, I guess, grasping at straws. Like, I didn't really know kind of what direction to take and I'm somebody that kind of likes like a good plan and kind of I can see the road ahead type thing and just going through Dishing Up Digital School, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I needed. It just gave me kind of like a roadmap into like the natural progression of how like my side hustle can become my main business and just like tips on pitching and pricing yourself Um, Like you can figure it all out in your own, but it would have taken me way longer if I didn't do this course because I would have just been guessing and like why not do a course when somebody's gone through it and you've done it for years and I guess you've already made the mistakes and figured it out Mm. along the way. So it's kind of like, oh, I don't need to do the same things. Like it's all laid out for me. So it's been really amazing and yeah, definitely recommend it. Mm. Yay. Yeah. And I think I,
0: I definitely relate to you on the like careful spending attitude. Like that's very much me in my day-to-day life as well. Like mm. I shop for all of the discount clearance deals at the supermarket. Like I am that girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know so many people listening will relate, but I know for me, when I invest- invested in my first coaching program, it was also the accountability that spending mm. that money gave you, like use that yeah. to your strengths. If you're a money conscious person, investing in a course like this means you're going to work your butt off to make that money back mm-hmm. right and I think yeah. you're just another person who is evidence of making that work if you put in the hours if you put in the work you know the the dreams can happen
1: yeah definitely yeah
0: amazing well thank you for joining us Maeve where can people follow interact message you if they want to learn more if they want to soak up more of your journey
1: Yeah. So I, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Maeve Aaron Creative. And Maeve is spelled M-A-E-V-E. Um, yeah, feel free to follow me, connect with me. I'd love to chat with you amazing
0: and we'll pop all of those links down below as well as a link to the summit that i mentioned in the intro which maeve is going to be part of along with some more of my amazing students so if you want to hear more stories like this if you want to get inspired if you want that kick up the butt to take action and to take that first step that we've been talking about today come along to the summit all the links are down below and i'll see you guys in the next episode